let's uh, have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for each one that's, that's here this morning. Thank you for your direction through the week, for guiding us, for leading us, and teaching and revealing to us uh, your message. Be with us as we open our Bibles today. I pray that you walk, guide us, um, instruct us as we look in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So some announcements I want to share with you just briefly on the table as you come in through the door. There's uh, some handouts, um, offering offering schedules, kind of a lot of a different different stuff. Uh, we want to try and keep you informed of what's kind of going on. There's a new newsletter that will be going out. We are in phase two, so that means in part the group can be larger. It can be up to 100. And so a letter is going out to all the church members. And so uh, with that letter, it will describe what we're doing and some uh, expectations. Masks are still required. Uh, unfortunately, um, I think there's an example of recent um, uh, President Trump has uh, discovered the importance of using masks because uh, he has COVID now, him and his wife. And so they're scrambling. So keep him in prayer, uh, whether you agree with him philosophically or politically or not. I think it's important for us to pray for, for our leadership. Um, so keep him in prayer and keep the leadership in prayer as they go through this experience. Uh, I gave you each one a handout, or rather it was given to you when you came in. I would encourage you to keep this when you go home, read through it. Uh, this will give you a good or a high-level view of the uh, background of Corinthians. We are diving into the book of 1 Corinthians today. So we're going to look at the first chapter. I want to do something a little different today. Um, so, just briefly, let's go through a few announcements. Women's ministry, uh, I shared this with you October 24. If you want to find out more information, uccsda.org, you can go there and, and find out more information about women's ministry and how to get involved. There is men's ministry, and it's happening uh, September 25 through 27. It's for men who don't like to go to retreats. This is a retreat for, for us. Um, so uh, contact Upper Columbia Conference, or you can go to uh, summitnorthwest.org and find out more information. Uh, you could probably also contact Upper Columbia Conference, call them up, and get some information from them. ABC, uh, October 25, if you have an order, 
It's coming. They're coming to the school October 25 as well. So get your order in before so that when you go, you can, uh, you can pick it up. Uh, signs of the Times. If you read Signs of the Times, you can get on the Pacific Press dot com slash covid and you can read the whole edition of this uh, edition <laughs> you can read it and it's specifically discussing different points of, of covid and and kind of things that we can do rest water uh, fresh air nutritious food different things like that so um let us, that, that is the end of the announcements, and I've had prayer, and I believe as we've asked, God is here and will direct us. Uh, I would encourage you to take out your Bibles. Maybe let's have a brief word of prayer right now again, and ask specifically during this time for God to direct. Father in heaven, we, uh, we come to you again. As we open our Bibles, we ask that you teach us, instruct us, guide us into what we're studying. Uh, may your message be clear and uh, made known to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms chapter 119, verse 11. Psalms 119, verse 11, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalms 119, verse 11, an important message as we store the word of God in our heart. What is the promise? What is the promise? As I store it in my heart, it says that I might not sin against you. If we go then to Romans, I'm going to quickly go through this. So Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So as I hear the Word of God, as I, as I read the Word of God, what happens? Faith grows. Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written, was written for our instruction. So a long time ago, there was something that was written. And it was written for our instructions. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So as our mind is focused and we're we're looking and reading Scripture. We have faith. It builds faith. It also builds hope, doesn't it? Now, if we again keep reading in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to preaching, or excuse me, teaching. So it's important, there's a lot of authors in the Bible that really encourages us. As we look at our Bibles, if we have struggles in our life, what can we do? 
We can read Scripture. We can fill our minds with the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. This is Scripture. It's easy to believe that as I fish, last time I shared, uh, I talked about fishers of men, didn't I? And uh, it's, it's easy sometimes for the, for the human nature to say, okay, I fish, and when I catch them, then I clean them. Uh, that's not what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, to correct us when we are wrong and to teach us to do what is right. So Scripture, as we fill our minds with the Word of God, it teaches us what is right. So today, we're going to get into the book of 1 Corinthians. I have practiced this in the past some, but I want to, to, to do this even more. Uh, many times it's easy to spend my time waxing eloquent when the Bible has waxed eloquent enough. Right? So we can, we can read the Bible, we can sit down and read it and find out what the Bible actually says uh, rather than jumping around we can get a really good idea of what the author is actually saying um, just briefly in your handout that I gave you there is a section that I wanted to quote if you don't have it uh, pick it up from Jana when you leave the church at Corinth was composed of mostly Gentiles, but also included Jews as well as slaves. Thanks to the, to the Apostle Paul, his extensive correspondence with the Corinthians, we are better informed about the church of Corinth than any other first century church. In 1 Corinthians, in particular, the, the Apostle treats a wide range of struggles affecting the community of believers. So there was a church in Corinth, and that church was made up of many different individuals, Jews, Gentiles primarily, as well as some slaves. And they were struggling, and Paul was writing them a letter, and they were struggling. As we read the book of 1 Corinthians, we can get an understanding of their struggles. They were struggling in their community. They had divisions, divisiveness in their church. They were, there were litigations. There were uh, struggles about uh, meat offering to idols. There was class divisions at the communion meals. In writing this letter, Paul gives us an unparalleled, though hardly neutral picture of the life of an early church. So the early church 
struggled and they had problems and they had, it was messy, right? Church for them was messy. With this introductory understanding of Corinthian church, how does your church today, as we sit in these pews, how does it compare? We don't struggle with those same kinds of things, do we? No. Not at all. Not at all. No. Uh, is, is, is our church struggling with um, divisions, uh, litigations, or maybe not, the discussion of meat and what is okay and not okay to eat? What about our culture? As we look into the the city of Pendleton, are there struggles that the city of Pendleton are dealing with? No divisions, is there? What about nationally? Are we struggling with anything? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're struggling. We're struggling. A, a Christian nation, we have, we have struggles. So I would encourage you to open your Bibles, if you're not there already, Open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'd like, I'd like to read it with you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He introduces in this book with a greeting. It's very similar in nature to his greeting in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and really the first part of the book. So he introduces. Today he's introducing 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. It says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God. So Paul was chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. And we know the story his story, don't we? And from our brother Sosthenes. Verse 2, I'm writing to, to God's church in Corinth. To you who have been called by God to be His, only, His one holy people. His own holy people. Are you His own holy people? As you sit here in this church, are you part of that group? Are you God's holy people? Amen. Yeah, you are called by God to be His own holy people. Continuing on, He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus. Just as He did for, for all people everywhere who call, what does it say? who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So what does it say there? What does that mean to you as you look at that verse? What does that mean? You've been called. Just like all God's other people, right? You've been called 
As you call on the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, you are His. you believe that? That's a promise for you, isn't it? You call on the, Lord, on the, on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he, he answers. It reminds me of the story of, of Peter. He sees a, 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 a ghost, and he was freaked out. And uh, Jesus invited him out, and Peter went out on the water. And he took his eyes, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. What did Peter do? He said, Lord, save me. Did Jesus say, no, no, I'm, not this time. Did he do that? No, right away. He says, immediately, right? Immediately reached down uh, and pulled them up, and, and they were at the ship. My God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Verse 4. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts He has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus, you have gifts. Sometimes we feel gift, giftless. Do you feel giftless? You've been, gift, you've been given gifts. That's what this verse says. You've called, Jesus answered, and you've been given gifts. That's what it says. You belong to Jesus Christ. Through Him, God has, has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and, and all your knowledge. Continuing on, this confirms that what I told you about, about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly, eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end. We wonder... It seems the world is going to hell in a handbasket, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And it's going there quickly, isn't it? And it's sometimes easy to get wrapped up in that and start being anxious, doesn't it? What does the Bible say? Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end. Who will keep you strong to the end? Knowledge? Will knowledge keep you strong to the end? Who will keep you strong to the end? Jesus Christ will keep you strong. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. We open our Bibles and we want to find out when Jesus is coming. This, this to me tells me it's really irrelevant when He's coming. But we know He's coming. 
And what can we do between now and that, now and then? Be ready, right? Be ready. God will do this, for He is faithful to do what He says. And He has, he has invited you into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ, His or our Lord. Jesus is your partner. What, isn't that amazing? Jesus Christ, the one that was nailed to the cross, the one that died for you and me, is now your partner. That's what Paul is saying, right? Am I reading something into this that's not there? No. Jesus is your partner. Jesus is your partner. Now continuing on. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. As I prepared this sermon, it reminded me of a lot of verses but there is a verse. I keep jumping back. I'm sorry. Um, what does this? What does this look like? What does this look like? Verse ten. As we look at verse ten, what does this look like in a church? Now, Philippians chapter two. This is super important for us to understand. Philippians chapter 2, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. He lives in my heart. He dwells in my heart. By faith, He does. I've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I get to come and fellowship. What, is this, what does this look like? Philippians chapter 2, starting with, with verse 1. It says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, but, but try, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Verse 5, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That to me is a powerful verse. That to me is a, a powerful verse. We're called to have the mind of Christ. When my rights are taken, when my freedom is being trampled, I'm called to have the mind of Christ. How did Jesus respond 
when he was having his freedoms taken. It says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's what Jesus did. And I realize what I'm suggesting today. <laughs> it goes completely contrary to uh, humanity. And it's something that I struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis. My rights are important. My freedom is important. Right? As a Christian, is it? No. That's not all about me, is it? It stops being about me when, when it becomes about Jesus. Doesn't it? And so in a sense, we're called to live as Jesus. Somebody takes away my freedoms, what am I called to do? That runs against every grain of my body. Continu continuing on, and this is the example that's set before us, verse 6, though He, Jesus, was God, He did not think it Think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him. Not me, not my rights, not my freedoms, Jesus not even. God elevated him. God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the same, excuse me, gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is all about God, isn't it? It's all about God. Even Jesus, when He was here, it was all about God. And I see as we go through our Bibles, the invitation for us is the very same. It's the very same. It's the response of the Gospel. It's the response of the Gospel. It stops being about me. And it, stops being, and it starts being about the glory of God. How can we... How can we magnify? How can we lift up? How can we point people to Jesus in this building? Does it mean in this building? No. No. We lift up Jesus. We magnify Him wherever we go, right? Because it stops being about me. And it starts being about Jesus. It starts being about Jesus. So continuing on with 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 11, so they got off track, the Corinthians, and it started about being about them. They shifted their eyes off of Jesus Christ, and Ephesians also talks about this, but it shift, they shifted their eyes from being about Christ to, to being about other people. We start watching other people. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, many dear brother and brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a, fo I am a follower of, of Mark Finley. 
I am a follower of uh, Doug Batchelor. I am a follower of Francis Chan. I am a follower of uh, Donald Trump. Maybe a little extreme because this is people that are baptized in others. I'm a follower of Joe Biden. I am a follower of not your guy. I am a follower of Joe, jo, uh, jo, Joe Jorgensen, who's the libertarian candidate. Many factions. Has Christ been divided into factions? Of course not. I thank God that, that I did not baptize any of you except uh, Crispus and Gaius. For now, no one can say that they were baptized in my name. Oh yes, oh yes. I also baptized the household of Stephanus. But, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else, Paul continues. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news and not, and not with clever speech. For fear that the cross of Christ will lose its power. I love an eloquent speaker. I will contend that Paul intentionally was not an eloquent speaker. Why did he intentionally choose not to be an eloquent speaker? What does it say here? Verse 17, For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech. Not with fancy words. For fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. I'd love to go to church and listen to an eloquent speaker. I'd love to turn on the radio or the TV and listen to an eloquent speaker. Right? But Paul is saying he did not want to because of the fear of of the cross of Christ losing its power. It's so focused on the speaker that I lose sight of the message. Paul did not want that. The message of, of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know that the cross of Christ is what? It is the very power of God. As the scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the, of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So, where does this leave the philosophers? The scholars and the world's brilliant debaters. God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in His wisdom saw to it that the world would never know Him through human wisdom. We love an eloquent sermon. We love an eloquent speech. 
God does not necessarily, oh, he speaks through eloquence. But he speaks through the simple. It is foolish to the Jews who, who ask for signs from heaven. And it is, it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called, are you called? You are called. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So who is the power and the wisdom of God? Jesus Christ. Christ is the power and the wisdom. This, this foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the, than the greatest of human strength. As I go outside and I look at the sun, I did not command it to rise, did I? As I go outside and I look at the grass, I, I did not command it to be green. Oh, I can. But does it respond? No. No. When I go outside and we need rain, I can command all day, every day, until I die, that their rain comes. Who sends the rain? On the just and the unjust. Yeah, it's God. Who makes the grass green? It's, it's God. Yeah, so it's not me. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose, God chose things the world considers what does it say? God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. Do you feel discarded? Do you feel insignificant? Jesus would contend that you are not insignificant. Maybe the world discarded you. Jesus doesn't. You are significant. Things that count as nothing at all and use them to bring, to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Where does this put you friends as we look at this chapter you are valuable you are significant you are important in the eyes of God you have value 
and God has called you. I would encourage you, as you look at this, I would encourage you to go back and read this chapter again. This was a letter written to the Corinthians. But this is a letter written to us today. And I would contend that as we read these words, we're promised that when the word goes out, it will not return void. Meaning, when, when the word is given, when the Bible is spoken, it will go out and accomplish what it, sends, what it sent out to accomplish. So, you're broken. Jesus brings something out of the broken. As you look at your life, it might seem in turmoil. As you look at our nation, your nation, my nation, may look like it's in turmoil. But Jesus brings something out of nothing. He brings, um, he brings sanity out of insanity. When Jesus came and spoke, trees sprouted. Animals were formed. The world came into existence out of nothing. So as I look at my life of nothing, he speaks something. Let's pray. Father in heaven, a lot of good stuff here. And I realize we've only scratched the surface, but as we continue to meditate on the words that you give us, that you've given us, that you've presented to us and shared with us in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. I pray that you, that you create, that you restore, that you renew, that you work in our lives. A church that was in turmoil back in Corinth. A, a church that was split apart or going its own way or struggling with different areas. You unite. So I pray that you unite us both in our lives as well as our church. Um, Guide us, direct us. May we be ready for that, that day when you come. Make us ready for that day when you come. I pray in Jesus' name.